0: Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall.
1: Mine's Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at Dugan or Instagram, Aaron underscore Dugan.
2: My name is Steven Godfrey. You can follow me at 38Godfrey very slowly <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. I have not slept. Um, that's because of baseball, and we're not here to talk about that. Hashtag
1: we, worth it, though.
2: We, yes. We, we, will,
0: we will mention it. We will mention it. Um Unfortunately, we will mention it. Um, I also follow the company at 440 Media on Instagram as well. We will talk about Dan Mullen igniting a bizarre public layup line on his behalf, on recruiting, his decision Man. to start Anthony Richardson, Texas A&M, and Auburn. Uh, obviously, how did Auburn stop Matt Corral? Why Kentucky can't win in Starkville, their matchup with Tennessee. We will hear from Chris Childers from SiriusXM to give us the national perspective on the rankings. We, of course, will talk about the rankings. That are now out as well, which is where I need to start right now because we are going to shift our, our our broadcast times, if you want to call it that, digital broadcast times, to Wednesday mornings. We'll be a couple of hours late. Normally, we're up at 5 a.m. Eastern time. We will be up around 11 a.m., noonish, somewhere around there, uh, Eastern time from here on out while the rankings are put out on Tuesday. So just a, a quick scheduling note for everybody out there, a couple of hours late uh, there as well. Before we get to anything, though, however, Aaron Dugan... Fringe Element is brought to you by.
1: I was going to try to make up a haiku on the spot. <clears throat> Let's see if I can Ooh, do that,
0: it. That would be common. hard. <laughs> that's, my, that's we nice. had
1: to. My dad always made us do this growing up. So hopefully I can do it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Jaspers. My Jaspers. With food. So right. And bright. Ooh. Be with me always.
2: Is it five seven five? It's five mm-hmm. seven five.
0: Yeah. Well done. Good Thank job. Thank you. Okay. My jaspers with food so right and bright.
1: Be with me always. With that me was always. <laughs> go to, to Jasper.
2: <laughs> that was the best jaspers read that I have. Like
1: I thought you would like the Japanese literary throw.
2: Four forty. Even Jeez. with even with my pro wrestling beef with Vingan aside.
1: I mean, like, Adam, bring it on. You know, that you was guys,
0: good. You know what? You guys are actually both huge wrestling fans. Uh, both
2: I'm not guys. a wrestling fan. I'm are on the wrestling far, beat. That's right. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a wrestling fan. I'm something far worse. I'm a veteran of the industry. Ah,
1: wonderful. I'm going to put on mascara while we start this. <laughs> I, you well, know what? I'm,
2: I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out because we're a progressive show. Aaron, if I, if I could put on a mask or maybe moisturize the T-zone right now, I would. So <laughs> just that's, a
1: light moisture maybe a little a bit of moisture. concealing yes. that's all you need
0: i got that bags is, that is because of course and, and i will mention this briefly and this is as far as i can go with you Stephen. this is as far as i can go with you as a that's lifelong fine. diehard mets fan this is how, this is as far as i can go i am wearing my grandfather's united states army hat okay because he fought in world war ii um i believe you have a similar story uh, a Dude, grandfather yes. leaving college going to fight in the war so in honor of your grandfather who left the United States to go fight in the war like my yeah. grandfather did I, and I, mine I, and yours. I, sorry about that, Aaron. Just That's okay. To, to, totally left your grandpa out of this whole conversation.
1: <laughs> I was like, I got a couple of those,
0: but he didn't teach you to be a, brave. <laughs> he didn't teach you to be a, a God awful Braves fan. So, but this, this is as far as I can go. I can support is- your grandfather wow. in the military, serving okay. for our country. Thank you, grandfather Godfrey. That's as best as I can do. Otherwise go Mets.
1: Well, you really didn't want to give him that.
0: <laughs> that, was, that that's, about as, that's about as diplomatic and nice as a Mets fan
2: can get.
1: It so. feels that like high sense. and low of you at the same time.
0: That's about right. That's a Mets fan. He, how about this? I'm also wearing the hat in support of Mallory Pugh. Um, only be, just because I love the women's national team. And she is dating Dansby Swanson, who I know Aaron has ties with, of course, to Vanderbilt. So this is yes. a, this, is, this is as close that's- as I can get. To supporting this garbage baseball team is supporting the troops and supporting the US women's national team. That's what I can do. is the best.
1: You can't root against Dansby. He's the SEC.
0: Best. That's what I can do for you guys.
1: Yep. Uh, Aaron, How, talk I, about a power couple. My God.
2: At one point, Dansby, I think, faced Walker Bueller two or three times in yep. The yep. LCS. Yep. So mm-hmm. shout out. Hey, guess what? We got positive commentary on Vandy in on a college football <laughs> show in November. I know. So yeah, that up. was in
1: 20, was that 20? That was 2018. Because I interviewed yeah. Dan's, at a football game about that, actually, um, about him playing against Walker. Yeah, yeah lots no, of Andy boys repping.
0: Yeah, they played like last week. No, yeah, um, they saw each well, other. Yeah, probably. I know, but yeah. like when yeah, they yeah, yeah. played
1: before too. Yeah. yeah. It,
0: it's, it, well, the, the Tim Corbin guys were all, they were the part of the Giants roster this year too. Like the Giants being one of the best teams in the league, it, they're, they're, Van, Vandy boys are everywhere and they're selling the name yeah. of their state, their football stadium um, now, which I think is interesting as well. Steven, how much sleep have you had? Yeah, oh? I, I, roughly two hours. Right. honestly me too <laughs> I, well I, and i went to a concert last night so I, i'm on about five but almost i feel very i feel very compared to you guys so,
1: yeah I mean, dream team over here we have an accumulative almost eight hours of sleep if you put awesome. us all together
0: let's talk about numbers for the next adults. couple minutes we're adult yeah, that'll be easy we also have five combined children this is really high quality uh, parenting um all right so steven more excited for cincinnati br- uh, cincinnati jesus oh Freudian. Ex- Freudian. Freudian, you said the brains <laughs> were going to be challenging today, Freudian. more, more excited for Atlanta Braves World Series, more yes. upset for Cincinnati Bearcats football. Well, of course, I'm more. I mean, look,
2: I'm more excited because a lot of people listening to this. I, I am full. I am Hawks, Falcons, Braves, like the whole deal. Um, So, yeah, we, we get these once every like Haley's Comet in Atlanta. So actually twice ever. So. Uh, yeah, no, that, I, I can't even play a game with that. Um, here's my thing on the Cincinnati. I'm going to frame this. I want to frame this around an SEC commentary. It would be a fool's errand to try and argue, although I think I could put a pretty decent argument up as to why the resumes at this point, none of them are particularly stellar outside of Georgia. I don't want to argue resumes. The only thing, and I'll be talking about this for, I don't know, probably the next three or four weeks. The only thing I want to talk about is that it's fine that we have the, the four that we have and even, I guess, even the six that we have, definitely the four that we have right now going into this. I think it's fine that Bama's two. I just want ESPN, who, who has an ownership stake in the playoff and, is, and delivers the bulk of the, of the, of the media content to the, to the college football world and the committee. I want all of the parties involved to just say, hey, look, this is a power five operation. If they do that, and I know they can't because of legal reasons, I will be fine with all of this. Because what we've done now is basically said that those it, this is really a 60-odd team race. That's what I saw in, in the rankings.
0: I, I don't disagree with them being at six. But at the same time, I cannot they, make a case for them to be higher than four. I cannot, they can't they, get any. Well, the thing is that they won't get any higher.
1: Yeah.
2: So, so, no, so the no, game, I, is, I know. The what, game what, is over and the game is rigged.
0: But what I'm but what you're suggesting is that they somehow deserve to be higher than four. And I cannot find a way that they deserve to be higher than four. I would have a high of, state at three. The group of five so. deserves deserves a shot.
2: They deserve at least a pathway in and, and the constraints and the rules of college football do not allow for that to happen under the playoff committee. Now, I want to also be extra clear about something because we've, we've had this sort of like brain creep thing in the online arguments. There are some flaws, I think, some some fundamental flaws in this system. That does not mean I'm saying we should go back to the BCS. It's We're, we're big on
0: throwing the baby out with the bathwater no, when we're we talk going about the system. Fo- we're, going forward. we're going forward to 12 yes. to give the group of five a path and their annual ass beating. So I joked about <laughs> something last
2: night And I think that people are, I'm sorry, I I put something out last night that I think people thought I was joking about. I'm not, here's what Georgia one and Alabama two in November does. And obviously I'll look, we know these two teams are going to see each other in Atlanta. Okay. They're going to play each other very likely as one, two. Okay. Meaning that let's say one beats two, two will probably fall to four. So you'll, you could, you could theoretically have a one, four rematch in the next game, Alabama and Georgia could play each other twice so let's say alabama beats georgia maybe it shifts to a 1-3 there maybe alabama jumps up and georgia doesn't jump all, fall all the way down they will see each other again in the national championship game if if either one of these things happen which is now highly highly likely this will be the catalyst for playoff expansion i want to remind y'all which is not good. Not, not my co-host i just want to remind the listening audience in in the flurry of things that happen in the offseason texas and oklahoma joining the league Another round of realignment kicking off. You saw a, I guess, what's the best way to describe it, y'all? Like a stilted sort of attempt to announce that, that expansion talks are taking place. And then the Big Ten and the Pac-12, a couple of people really
0: pulled the reins up tight, right? They're, they're meeting like this week, right? I mean, they're talking th- this week about all this stuff. And all those people you're talking about are, are like balking because they think the SEC went back on some promise by grabbing Texas and Oklahoma. And again, the big 10 is the one that will eventually just say, this is a crock of shit. We need to get as many teams in because we'll do it. This uh, is the, we are about to
2: see the LSU, Bama, BCS debacle happen again.
0: I agree.
1: I also would take this time to remind everyone. I'm not saying that the, committee is trying to stir anything up i really don't think that's what they're trying to do but ultimately there has to be a reason to watch on tuesday nights again i think this is the this is a tv show so let's not forget that this is really about getting people riled up this is about and i'm not saying this they're skewing everything to make it that way but just keep in the back of your mind through all of this that this is tv so you don't watch boring TV, if it just followed the exact what every single person thought, maybe the committee's reminding us this isn't just record. They're taking in all these intangible factors. I don't know. but just a just a blanket reminder that you're watching television.
0: I, I'm also uh, I thought it was this is where I will give the Braves uh, a little bit of credit. They sort of stole all that <laughs> from college football last night. Uh, right. They just sort of won the world series and everybody in the college football media and in the South is all obsessed with the Braves. So like nobody was talking about Cincinnati being six it, or it is Alabama the same footprint. Yeah. It, like, like, yeah. So, but now I, again, I would go back to, and I agree with your system. It's not set up for the group of five. I also think playing Tulsa, Tulane, Navy, East Carolina, you know, the whole spiel about week in week out, not power five football. Like, again, I, I don't need anything to, to argue Alabama at number two, like just watch football. And if you just watch football, Alabama belongs at number two. And I'm actually impressed that the committee did that. So I don't want to spend too much more time on, on the rankings, but they sort of will be a part of everything that we do from here on out. And, and I, I have changed my opinion. I was anti-expansion. I am now very pro-expansion uh, because I want to see talent spread out across the country and more important games across the country. And if, if Bama and Georgia two in a row is deserving and we get to see it and it expedites the process, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So Six is fine. Six is fine. The SEC won't. I mean, the SEC won't do that. Yeah,
2: I mean, obviously, eight, yeah. eight, eight is probably ideal. I do think if you do expand past four and you don't make some sort of allotment for one at one specific locked bid for a non-whatever we're going to call them. By the way, in a couple months, we're going to be calling these the autonomy conferences because the NCAA legislation is about to hit like yeah, a yeah, tidal yeah. wave, and these new super leagues are going to sort of pull away from uh, the governing you know, rules that I've said this on the show before this sport treats Alabama and Louisiana Monroe the same way right. that that should not happen.
0: Well, to, to your point, the big 12, do they count as <laughs> the, well, the, that's the, if you notice, top, I didn't the, say power. I, it's I, the top four or what is I top didn't top say five power champions? five. Did I bring yeah. no, no, one of did, the things that, I,
2: so one of the questions I'm being asked right now, and I'm asking people in the industry, just like Texas tech is searching for a coach. TCU is going to be searching for a coach. Like we know for a fact that Texas and Oklahoma are going to have the same market value, not because they're coming to the SEC, but because of their size. We don't know. We we might be looking at a power four and a sixteen format or an eighteen playoff format. This is this is which is why we know less about the future than we ever have in this sport right now.
1: I think that well, just again, sweeping overall statement. Zero wasn't good for college football interests because it was waning Four is honestly just highlighting how good the sec is and it's pissing everyone off. So it's, if you're going to go anything, it needs to be higher than four, 12, not good for football players, bodies, but that's always been my yeah. opinion.
2: Well, if, like, would you go, would you eight or six? I'd go eight. Well, I don't know. I, you I think cannot, I'd
1: go eight. You,
0: you cannot do automatic bids on six or eight. The, the sec will never allow it. And, and Aaron, I'm with you. I agree. I would like to see some, amendment to the regular season which probably won't happen it won't we're all being money game but i know we're all being super pollyannish here but again it's also only two teams playing one extra game it's not it's not also again if they're getting paid and you can pay them and they're going to play one extra game and it's just two teams maybe we can figure out a way to make it a a fair give them insurance you know whatever protect their bodies there's ways to sort of negotiate an extra game at least helps one thing i want to point
2: out real fast if it was eight right now I probably would not come in here angry about much of anything. Although I would point out that the only representation the big 12 has is by a departing member at number eight in Oklahoma. Yeah. Otherwise Thanks. right now you would have representation from uh, the, the, enti- AC, the ACC is not, uh, well, wake forest is just outside at number the, nine. The and this is, this is a, a, a fluke. I would say like it, it's a fluke year because of Clemson's dominance in this format. So I feel comfortable saying everyone's represented. You would have a G five representation. I mean, you would honestly have, I mean, look, you've got Michigan State at three and Ohio State at five and Michigan at seven. So I, I definitely think that the the other power center of the sport that's not Birmingham would be very happy with eight. Yes. It, well, no, I
0: agree with that. All right. We got a lot of. Yeah, top- we got to
1: go because we're going to. We all have a.
0: We got a lot of topics to hit and Childer's going to do a lot more talk about Ohio State and Oregon and Cincinnati and other stuff. Childer's going
1: not talk right, a lot.
0: So. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right. Qu- quickly, I just. Dan Mullen's a pretty good football coach. He wins 10 games a lot. He doesn't recruit as well as anybody as, as the best team in his division. He puts his foot in his mouth. He says weird things. He's not particularly easy to work with, but the, the tone, like what he said about recruiting was a non-story. It was a non It did not matter at all. It wasn't a it real didn't. thing. It was completely taken out of context by the internet. And but But it was still a stupid thing to do because other mm-hmm. coaches took advantage of it mm-hmm. and just started dunking on him by saying simple things like recruiting is the lifeblood of our sport, or you got to go out and recruit. And we love the response we're getting on the recruiting trail. And it's all shots at Dan Mullen. Yes, I don't understand
1: is. why people were more hyped up about that than him saying, oh, we were better last year. They were better this year. Like last year we were able to win. That to me was like a, a way worse thing to say than what he said about recruiting, which again, I don't think mattered. It was almost mm-hmm. just like, just own that you, didn't do well today and say that you need to coach better. You guys need to play better. Like, why did you just allude to winning last year? I think that was like the more childish part of the whole thing.
2: (laughs) That is, but that is, you're not a Florida fan. (laughs) I mean, mean, that is that, that really Aaron is the essence of him. I remember him being like, look, he, he, he oftentimes shows zero awareness for the public face of being a head coach. And, and, and he's a very intelligent person, but maybe terminally so like <laughs> I, I think he often outsmarts himself in these regards. He has a disdain for most people. He, he has a tough time hiding it. Um,
1: but you're like, and again, agreeing, I'm totally agreeing with you. And on that same front that's just not really how championship coaches talk. Like I've always had a lot of faith in Dan Mullen as an offensive great. I mean, you cannot, you cannot uh, like defy what he's able to do offensively and how creative he is. He plays the game way differently, but coaches that win championships don't, allude to winning last year they're so pissed about losing that night they would never dream of he's like reminding us that he's good instead of owning and being upset about how bad he was that's not a good sign like that told me more about dan mullen than anything else ever has no
0: he's in his own feelings about this there's no question you you ride hard for this dude Um, and i thought about something this week i've loosened the i've loosened the saddlebags a bit well, yeah. I will say that, There's hey, big... I, just to pat ourselves
2: on the back, this show kind of called a lot of these shots a couple weeks ago. And I, I, I definitely remember us saying, hey, once Georgia Florida hits the way we think it will, then all of a sudden, all of these abstract comments about Florida and like, hey, you know, yeah. they seem that there's there seems to be some program inertia, it's all going to just lock in, and the entire national media is going to swing around and look at him, and he's not going to handle it well. We called that shot, but Braden and he's this is what he, I want to bring he up. He
0: served it up too. He gave us a
2: Yes, he because he, he always does. Team. He did this during COVID. He, I know he I know. did this for 900 different things at Mississippi State that nobody paid attention to because it was Mississippi State.
0: Well, the Jeff Simmons, um, the Jeff Simmons Media Day thing was obviously. Yes. Them,
2: so. when Uh, last NFL cycle, Braden, uh, obviously I'm a Falcons fan. We were looking for a new head coach. I'm very happy with the one we got. Someone mentioned Dan Mullen to me and I thought, (laughs) no, 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 let let me finish. I thought that would actually work because I think he is one of the best offensive tacticians out there. I think schematically he understands the waxing and waning of trends in terms of how you're Like everything from the minutia of like run fits and how that affects pass game and widespread option, like all of that. Right.
0: I I, I smell where you're going here. And he doesn't have to recruit. Okay. And
2: Mm -hmm. I, I, this actually jogged my memory this week because I was looking up some other stuff. And like, again, just to go back to Texas tech for a second, I was talking to some agents about that job. And I thought, well, Cliff Kingsbury is the only undefeated coach in the NFL right now. What, what didn't work what wasn't compatible there and i'm starting to think it's less about texas tech and more about the fact that maybe kingsbury's skill set was actually better fit for the 2021 nfl mullen
0: might just be that uh, guy I, first of all if you get fired from texas tech you become either an undefeated nfl head coach or a us senator so it's matt wells is on a nice career path, nice career path um i i really don't want to acknowledge that this is a very smart and rational take it um, is a very smart and rational I, take. I, I, I'm with you, you. You you eliminate all the bullshit that goes along with being a college coach that Dan Mullen clearly isn't necessarily good at or wants to do. And when you do that, you allow him to just scheme. Yep. And that's what he's good at. That's what he does. The media doesn't really care what you have to say in the NFL. Um, and
2: well, 20% on top coaches of that. in the
0: league are, just, are just, we, just as weird as he is.
2: Uh, just right. as socially yeah. inept as he is.
1: Well, you also don't have to you again, you just don't have to create the morale and be these example setter like you do as a college yeah. coach. You don't right. you're not a parent figure. You're not having to it doesn't take, of course, every sport at any level that's, you know, higher than T-ball requires some kind of passion. But it's just not the same in the NFL. You don't yeah. have to rally people around, you know, a, a cause like no, you do are, in college football. And you, you he get, just can't do that because he's not that smart at it.
0: You you get paid millions of dollars to be motivated every Sunday. That's the point.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. There's an extra factor.
0: I, I will say this: I, I do to put, sort of turn this conversation to the game against Georgia because I think this is where he failed, and maybe it's his hubris. I don't know, but he to me the reason they gave up it was a three nothing game with minutes to go in the first half. Right. And the reason that game got out of hand is because he started Anthony Richardson and the reason they are not going to have the four game finish to the season like they should have with Anthony with Anthony Richardson starting those four games winning all four of them and building some confidence for the Florida Gators in the offseason which was the perfect plan laid out on this show last week sacrifice Emory Jones and Todd Grantham to the altar of Kirby Smart and take your take your whipping. And then start Richardson the next week, go 4 0, and build some excitement in the program. And he didn't do it. He started Richardson, and now he's hurt and he got beat. And it's the reason they gave up 21 points in, in two minutes.
2: All three of us, after Alabama said one of the best coaches, probably the best coaching job of his career in terms of a single game, we also said, all three of us agreed that we were not worried about, ro- about the rotation, about the juggle. And if anybody could do it, it's a guy with experience running simultaneous starting quarterbacks with different skill sets. Amazing how fast that turned, right? <laughs> Truly remarkable. I'm not saying we were wrong back then, but what I want to do this off season is ask people who are in the industry who are way smarter than I am about football. Why did someone with a great track record of, of working the balance? Like remember Leak and Tebow, right? We've talked about this before, Tyler Russell and Chris Ralph, like, he can do this. Why did it go so badly this time? Because, Braden, you're exactly right. The mismanagement of the – look, Todd, we can do a whole show on Todd Grantham, well, okay? The, the, he's got to fire him and move
0: on. Like, that's... But,
2: but the, I, I agree with you that the conceit of their failure lies at that one position. So I want to know, and I don't know right now, how it went from almost beating Alabama and really looking remarkable to, to this.
0: I, I think – And we said it in the summer, there's a whole lot more stuff happening at LSU and at Florida this summer than anybody realizes. Yeah. We said that a lot this summer. And it's why I picked – it's why we picked Kentucky second. It's why we picked Ole Miss and Auburn and A&M ahead of LSU. Right. There was a lot there there that was – that nobody saw. And clearly that's what's happening with the Florida coaching staff, with Dan Mullen, with the media, with the fans, with recruiting – it's all, there's more happening behind the scenes than people realize. It's not necessarily coming from Scott Strickland, but it's definitely more, there's more going on. So I just wanted to, I wanted to wrap up the Dan Mullen conversation with, I love the guy the most of all of us. I think that that was the dumbest thing I've seen him do in a long time. So admitting that aspect of this moment here.
1: I think the highest compliment Godfrey gave him, which is maybe you could do, (laughs) maybe you could coach in the NFL, but you can't hear. It, It doesn't get much nicer than that to me as nice as you can get
2: well I think we're redefining the paradigm between NFL and college head coaching in pretty much every way that I was taught as a young reporter of like you can't go from this to this or you can't have this personality type or x like I think the last five years and we can talk about it on another show sometime the macro development of quarterback and how it relates to college things are changing at a rapid pace but I definitely think that the Kirby smart model like I'm gonna put it this way, y'all. Mark Stoops might get hired by another SEC school soon because <laughs> of his league experience recruiting, developing, right. and CEOing and, and being an off- offensive mastermind like like Dan Mullen is. It just ain't enough, y'all. It's just not. Gus, look, we can go back last year and talk about Gus. It's basically the same thing.
0: Great, great segue to Auburn, who did an excellent job defensively on Matt Corral. First time he hasn't thrown a touchdown. With Lane Kiff and the stats out there. Are you over that Heisen thing now? Um I, I'm not I I, I don't know because I still think he's one of the best, most deserving players in the country. But, but you can't have that stat line on a team
2: that's probably gonna finish like eight and four.
0: I'm also no, of course not. I'm also challenging I'm not challenged. I'm challenged by by you, and now I'm like only gonna vote for Aiden Hutchinson. Um oh, I'm down with that. <laughs> I'm only voting for it'll probably end up being CJ Stroud or whatever, but like we'll Carson we'll see. Strong. Carson Strong's great. Um, Kenneth Walker's great too. All right. So what did Auburn do? And then the matchup with Texas A&M, I'm curious because what's fascinating to me is that either way, no matter what happens in the A&M and Auburn game this weekend, they still, both teams still have a chance to win the division. If if Auburn wins the iron bowl, the -hmm. winner of this game will probably win the division. So either way, if A&M wins, they could still win the division. If Auburn wins, they control their own destiny. I, is it possible that someone, I guess it all comes down to can Auburn beat Alabama, I guess.
2: Okay. There's a lot of questions there. Um, yes. real fast. I, this is another thing where I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ordering out because I don't, I just don't like sports writers who act like they know when we, we can all ask the we all see the same problem, ask the same question. So I, I'm going to pose this as a question. I'm not exactly sure why certain teams can just lock down on Lane Kiffin. I have a couple of theories. I think my first theory is that it was 14 to three at the end of the first and that this team is vastly different when they can't press automatically assume that fourth down will be a conversion. And basically just they operate in a much freer space, both in terms of the field's geometry. And I think mentally when they have even a one possession lead, they don't play well from behind. I also think there's a little bit of a disruption pattern going on in the front seven, where if they can provide pressure essentially in the first literal second of a snap, it's knocking some either read or decision for the field off of corral based off of what I saw with Auburn and Alabama that I think is what's going on. Now, if you don't do that, they'll torture your ass and score 51. Yep. Yep.
1: Um, I was most impressed. Well, I was impressed with Auburn all the way around, and I think as we have all talked about before, Bo Nix is just continuing to settle into who he is and just get better every week. We're just not seeing back uh, backwards trajectory at all, really, right now. Um, and we all kind of agree that we thought he was heading in that direction, but gotta not just because I'm a, he's a friend of mine or I love him, but. Derek Mason deserves some serious credit because the way Auburn played on defense was extremely impressive. Talk about something else dumb that was said in a post-game press conference. Lane Kiffin d- uh, downplayed what they did on defense, which was yeah, a very that, weird move to me. He was that's like tacky
2: shit, man. It's that's so what tacky. That is. He
1: said, well, "I wrote it down." He said something to the extent of, "If you didn't hear it." Um, talking about Ole Miss's red zone issues, he said, they did a good job but it wasn't anything special or good defense or anything. When you get in the red zone, space tightens down. If you're not running the ball well, you're going to have tight windows, which yes, that second part is true, but the part about (laughs) Auburn not playing good defense is simply not. You're in the red zone four times, you came out with zero points. That's not only because your offense missed everything, it's because your offense is being defended well. Very, very very weird angle to take in a post-game press conference. Bad comments from coaches across. He just Tennessee described
0: football, Steven. That's I want well, to,
1: it's exactly what he did. And then, yeah. allu- and then related it back to Auburn, not playing well. And it's like, the last thing you want to say, if you just lost is that you lost against a shitty defense. I wanna, How would you do that?
2: I want to play a forward. So for a second, talk like, cause you were asking about Alabama, Derek Mason, one of the best, like in, at least in terms of in-person things I've ever seen in terms of chess match, in terms of like a performance by a coach, was I think it was 2014. I was at Stanford, Oregon when it was a top five game on a Thursday night. When Mace was the DC at Stanford, he excelled at stopping the peak of the blur offense. I believe it was 14 because well, Mariota four, was the, four, Marcus 14, Mariota
0: was 14 was the year they lost to Arizona when Mariota got hurt in okay, then maybe it's 15. I don't and know, they man. Came, and they this, came, Yeah. no, it's close. It's close. you're you're in okay. the right ballpark. But again, that 14 team was a Particularly special Oregon team that went to the national championship game. So was Sherman
1: on. on that team?
2: Uh, no, 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 That's, that was,
0: he's, that's yeah. too, that's too he was late. He's already right? with the Seahawks. Yeah. yeah,
2: he's way back. So Mason excelled, excelled at stopping the blur, disrupting what they wanted to do. And it was Mark Helfrich. It wasn't Chip Kelly, but this was an insane. Exa- this was this was peak offensive brain, right, going on at the time he can do the same thing with with inarguably better personnel because Auburn's defense, y'all remember Kevin Seal, like Auburn's defense wasn't the problem at all. In fact, they wanted to make the D.C. the head coach. So Mace going to Auburn, we talked about this, y'all, in the preseason, that this was going to be a strength on strength addition, and there's been a lot of stuff on the other side of the ball, and culturally with Harson that we don't have to talk about right now. Going into Alabama, they have more than a puncher's chance yes. because he mm-hmm. can break and limit offenses. He will take things away from you. And then he, look, this is, again, this is the most talented defense he will ever have in his career as a coordinator or a coach because he was at places like Stanford and Vanderbilt.
1: Yeah. he's. I'm glad he's getting that chance because it was, I definitely felt like in his head coaching position, he was, um, you know, it's just not his strength is defense. And right now I'm glad he's getting to show it off. And you could hear him
2: like, yeah, you could hear him in the building. I'm sure you did Aaron. Like The dude's really smart. Yeah, yeah Very. He just didn't have the personnel because he mm-hmm. couldn't get the personnel. That's
1: that's it. Or the backing from the school. That,
0: yes, we, that too. <laughs> whole <laughs> little different
1: thing. We won't go. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Ryman, it always ends up being a Vandy podcast. Ryman Hos- Ryman Hospitality property Stadium. I think it, I think it really rolls off the tongue. um Okay. Oh it, Gay great.
1: Gaylord Vanderbilt.
0: uh I was thinking more like Ingram Barge. Let's go watch a game at the Barge. That kind of. That's not I bad. Okay. I you know, the guy already
1: have a shot at it.
0: The guy already makes all the decisions anyway, so it's just, fine. Bridgestone um, again. <laughs> Um, I I will say this, Bo Nix set a personal and SEC record for completion percentage. If I told you that Bo Nix was going to set the SEC single game completion percentage record this season when he was benched against Georgia state, I think we'd all look at each other like, uh, we're a bunch of morons. I, is, that, is, or that that, L- is that is that Will Rogers
1: is going to be setting records? Standard. Yeah, is that
0: I was going to say is
2: that more or less weird than KJ Costello still having the record for uh total passing yards gosh. in a
1: single
0: game? Or, oh, wait a second, was it Will That's Rogers sorry. that set the completion percentage record? Maybe I miss maybe I misspoke there. Will Costello Rogers? did total yards. Okay, by a quarterback. I, I think Rogers set the completion percentage record. E-me, I take everything I just said back. Bo still had a great game, and he yeah, I
1: think yeah, Tank
0: Rogers. Bigsby had a great game, and uh, he still is the most. There is no more, more like the most exciting five yard run that you can ever watch is still Bo Nicks. It It's there. there is Because well, it's 35 yards. Yes. It, it, no, it's more. It's like <laughs> 60. It's like 65 yards. He goes from yes. one sideline to the other and picks up four and a half. And you're like, that was a spectacular play. Yeah. Uh, but that's he's, what that's that's what he does. Now he's packaging it with staying in the pocket when he's supposed to. And that quick, is good decisions
1: from it's him. like some
0: old.
2: 1940s dancing too, like in like an old like Fred Astaire film
0: can't even look athletic I know no, no. can he do it that's a tremendous reference that nobody under the age of 30 is going to understand oh well um, I like I don't get it I like Turner I'm classic movies <laughs> um what about the Texas A&M defensive line however because there is some strength on defense in both of these for both of these teams this is uh, they're the two highest rated two lost teams in, in America in the rankings they mm-hmm. b- both of them still have a chance to win the division. They both have talent. There's a lot to like about this game and both of these teams right now. Uh, I,
2: I, I feel happy that it's hard to call. I feel happy that this is a All matchup. Right. All right. I'm not, I'm not trying to cop out on analysis necessarily. I just, I like that we are into November and that absent the very top of the league, that we still have questions as it pertains to quality, which we kind of do would happen in the West. This Kentucky, is the Tennessee,
0: Kentucky Tennessee is kind yeah. of in the same boat. Like
2: yeah, it is now. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. It is now after after Mississippi State. Um, number 17 team in the nation. By the way, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is when you look at them is that. Is that compare- because they're
1: trying to get them closer to eight, where they had them ranked in the preseason? I just need to know. Just tell. Are no, you just trying
0: to justify
1: that you had them? They, preseason number eight please yeah, tell that's me pretty,
0: that's pretty funny um that wasn't that like, technically that was the fpi and your old your old boy there um isn't um, it still BC. an espn
1: release thing
0: no it's it's the committee which is not owned by espn but well, here's, hmm. here's what i think happened Who's I, think to they, say? I think they put nc state at 19 kentucky at 18 and then thought oh shit <laughs> We, Mississippi State beat both those teams. Yeah, exactly we'll just them, let's just put them in at 17.
1: They were the very. It's like Braden. You know, you've probably been there at the end of the magazine before, and you're like, every. You realize that one thing's gonna mess everything else yeah. up, and you're like, I'll yep. oh, just yep. screw, just scoot everybody else back. We don't, we yep. can't do this anymore.
2: Honestly, why, why do we have more than 10? Why do I we think, have? Yeah, a 25? I think
0: I think 12 is good. Is what t- 10 or 12 is what you need. I agree.
2: Why not have the the amount that you would need for the the other bowls? So would that be twelve, Brayden? I think twelve is the right. Head. I think twelve is the right. I'm number. saying like, like have, six, however, yes. however many teams would be like with the partner bowls and the non whatever. Yes, yes. Like just do that. Like yeah, I Iowa's twenty-two. No, they whatever. Like UTSa didn't make it in, but like okay, they're okay. mad. But it's like, right, does, okay. does, does
0: that matter? Well, <laughs> talk about Fresno or <laughs>
2: going, something. Get, get going some back G-
1: to are we? Go- let's go back to eight. A- the Because I will say that I don't know who's. I, I would not have predicted this these two teams be where they are at the beginning of the season. So I'm not gonna pretend like I know what's gonna happen um, even though I'm really good at betting. Did Am um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. no did- one's good at betting. But Am has like the <laughs> Am is the number four scoring defense right now. So if you're Auburn, you have no room for error. If you turn over the ball, you're in trouble. So I, I think this game, I really think if we look at this game at the end, it's going to come down to who turned the ball over. So let's check when we get on the podcast next week yeah. and see if that was yep. a deciding factor in my mind, it's a turnover game. That's what's going to, if, if a wins this game,
2: it's it, it's correct me if I'm wrong, a really a, a completion of a total narrative cycle, a 360, yep. starting from the beginning of the season as a national title favorite, losing Haynes King, eking it out and surviving Colorado losing Mississippi state a top somewhere teams. along there. There's a Fisher, there's a Fisher extension. You beat Alabama. You really reinvent yourself as much as one can week to week. And I think yep. most listeners would be su- surprised that like, that's really hard. You can't really change the book, but they've sort of done that. And now if they win this game, they go back to obviously not a national title favorite, but again, you know, uh, confirmation of Fisher's market value, Hot prospects for the future, really testament to their coaching staff.
0: Cruton, Cruton is off the charts. Yeah, it's it's kind of insane. Yeah,
2: Yeah, they went through the entire pantheon of takes and came back basically to the first one.
0: Yeah, we'll be talking
2: about them in in regard to the national title next year.
0: Fringe element. Aaron Dugan is brought to you by.
1: Jaspers I got 99 problems but Jaspers ain't one
0: but food ain't one food ain't one <laughs> or parking for that matter um, Also here's one for you. I got one for you okay Jaspers where you can take your five-year-old daughter who can kick your ass and shuffleboard in one try.
1: I know that's impressive We talked about that I can't remember well you and I talk when we're not on the podcast. So I can't remember if you just okay. told me or if we <laughs> talked about it on the podcast.
0: We occasionally converse off the air. That happens. Um, <laughs> we have to go to Jasper's. It's uh, they got a great special for during Nashville Predators game. So if you're in town, uh, and and you're a big Preds fan, which we know a lot of you Nashvilleians are, of course, three dollar beers, ten dollar smash burger. It's like double patties. Every home and road game, go watch the Preds there. Obviously, great place to watch SEC football. Um, I, I went pregame for a concert on a Saturday with my five year old. She was great. Played Connect Four and shuffleboard. It's been great. So um, she's cool. To- Met my wife for lunch there this past week. We had a nice casual lunch in the at Jasper's. It was you very, let her,
1: you let moral. her eat lunch. Remember when she does a good job at work, you let her eat lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you said I'm something so, like that one week.
0: That is not I, what I said. No,
1: it's fine. Just keep moving. I go to, go to Jasper's. I still don't have a drink there, but maybe they'll hang one of my haikus. I'm not going to let the drink thing go, but I need something.
0: I, I, besides. I think you should have a framed haiku. Me too, and also a beverage. I agree, and you do know people there. We we know people at Jasper's. Go to Jasper's. We should, okay,
1: yeah, everyone should go to Jasper's. Look for a haiku.
0: The part the parking is free. <laughs> tweet out the picture of the non-existent framed haiku that Aaron wrote for Jasper's earlier in the episode. Um, but we're. To I get, will make
1: a graphic and tweet it out.
0: You can <laughs> quote me on that. I, I believe you. I, I totally <laughs> I totally believe you.
1: Certain things are important to me.
0: Poetry is one of them. Uh, about food. <laughs> and deb paquette about...
1: is a poet of cuisine
0: <laughs> there you go uh and listen you would not be the first uh southern sports media person to think that writing poetry about food is very appropriate it's just you're 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 that's not a minority uh, opinion i feel like that's a, a, a very popular sentiment go to jasper's right. the parking is free the food is amazing um anything else to add about jasper's like it's just a great place
1: super conveniently located yeah, close to downtown on your way to games. There you go. It's the answer.
0: Whenever I'm trying, I'm trying to get Jasper's to name the stadium at Vanderbilt, Jasper's mm-hmm. Stadium.
1: They got a big budget.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. They I'm do. asking for
1: a pay raise <laughs> if they name the stadium at Vanderbilt. So am I, Vandy.
0: <laughs> <So am I. laughs> give them a discount.
1: Just saying,
0: Jasper's Field. I don't know. My, it, it,
1: it's got a ring to it.
0: There you go, Jasper's Coliseum. I like that one better.
1: That's good. I was trying to incorporate my last name, but then I realized that was kind of vain, so I'm going to stop.
0: So it's it's Dugan Field at Jasper's Coliseum. That's yeah. It there you go. Everyone
1: will remember that. No problem.
0: Well, it, what is it? Isn't it actually Dudley Field?
1: I know. So it'd be a pretty it's quick, pretty quick close. switch.
0: Yeah, it's pretty close. People will be able to do that. Go to Jasper's. The parking's free. The food's great. All right, so... Uh, I, I will. Um, I, I do find you. You talk about reinventing the book each week, which is what I think makes the job for guys like Derek Mason so fascinating. I've talked to a couple of defensive coordinators in the SEC that have said that it's the toughest job in the sport because you've got to go from triple option one week to zone read the next week to pro style the next week to air raid the next week to Matt Corral the next week, and that's what makes playing defense so hard in college football um Kentucky I I, real quickly with Kentucky and Tennessee I I think and and I guess we'll have to mention LSU Alabama is a thing that's happening this week I can't believe that's controlled scrimmage um but here's the thing about we should have seen Kentucky and I blame myself for not bringing this up because when they played Georgia for a chance to win the SEC three years ago they didn't get off the bus the next week on the road against Tennessee and got their asses kicked And I should have absolutely have seen the Mississippi state game coming. Uh, I take the blame for that. I think you're going to get a much better Kentucky team this week at home against Tennessee.
2: Yes. I think a lot of people in Knoxville are probably very, very upset that Mississippi state spraying the trap that they were hoping Mm -hmm. to. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I don't think they're going to win. They're not going to lose twice in a row. They'll beat Tennessee. Well, I don't know. This is going to be a really good game. Probably Uh the best Kentucky Tennessee matchup. I remember um
0: oh ever 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 well no there's been a lot of close games but not necessarily where we thought teams are evenly matched but tennessee's again they're not like a top 25 team they're just playing well the offense is starting to come about most balanced uh between the between the two yeah i I yes if it's a close game
2: (laughs) maybe the couch years Against the Fulmer teams, there yeah. was there was a there, was a, yeah. it, there yeah. was a
0: Randall Cobb game in there that was yeah. really yeah, it was right, really right. really good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah you're right. God, was, all was I, was I a, can
1: think about when I hear Randall Cobb is when I dated a Kentucky fan and he would make me listen to KSR, and I can just hear someone calling in <laughs> and being like, "Oh come on, Randall!" Like that's all I can hear when you say Randall Cobb is the name Randall in the most Kentucky accent of all time, and it sends a cold from, shiver down my spine. For,
0: well, the trade was. Uh, Al- Alcoa and East Tennessee traded Randall Cobb to Kentucky for Chris Lofton. That was the trade. Okay. And, and Chris Lofton came down to Tennessee and scored a boatload of points and did all there kinds of fun stuff. And as a Packers fan, all I hear is Aaron Rodgers doing the state farm commercials. Yes. Um, that's fair. Uh, or Allstate or whatever the hell insurance company he's sponsoring these think days. state farm. I do love Randall Cobb. Just even as a Tennessee alumni, I love Randall Cobb. Just as he's an fun. all-around guy, football player, whatever.
1: I don't I, mind him. It's this just to chaos, me right? is about the Kentucky offensive line
0: that's what this is about. Yeah. If the Kentucky offensive line does its job, Kentucky wins the game at home. If Tennessee's defensive line, full of a bunch of no star, no name transfers that have been developed and played hard together, if they can hold the line of scrimmage, then Tennessee's got a chance because the offense can score
2: two possessions. Each will know the outcome of this game. I would say two possessions probably because if Kentucky has something in the neighborhood of like a seven to nine point lead after two possessions, They have an ability, they kind of did this against LSU, I was there, to not necessarily drop tempo, but stay, because they're so consistent, they can run inside and outside, just stay, really run like control football. And it's not so much as like getting big and grinding clock and then like, you know, then punting it away. It's They can still score while just maintaining possession. And so that all comes from a run game. So I agree with you that it is an
0: O-line issue. LSU, Alabama, Aaron, means absolutely what?
1: It means <laughs> like utter depression and sadness for Bama fans if they lose. That's what it means. Oh,
0: my God. I, I, there you it go. It does okay. have a
1: meaning, but it's only on the negative side of if things that for happened. Bama. Maybe,
0: maybe it won't. Oh, my it God. It won't happen.
1: But there is, that's the only way that this game can really have meaning to me. I'm not saying I want it to
0: maybe you're, maybe you're born with it. Maybe it's LSU. I don't LSU's know. LSU was on a
2: buy after the old Miss loss. Yeah.
1: Right, just,
2: I'm trying to think of the last couple of weeks, just relative to their offensive line and their secondary. And I just
0: don't know. I mean, this is, this is a foregone conclusion. I, I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: It's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah.
0: Last year but you was,
1: asked how it would be meaningful.
0: No, I, I, you answered the question. Um, last year as a pandemic asterisk year, Aside with the large point spread and Alabama and everything being like a perfect team um, uh-huh. I, I, in a regular season situation. I can't remember a game this meaningless between the two it's, it's been a, it's been since like the nineties.
1: Kind of sad since,
0: since it's been this uh, Dinard- There might've been one year in there somewhere, but like Saban took over in 99 and LSU has been pretty much LSU ever since
2: the DiNardo at LSU so. times. And then um, also when, when Shula was at Alabama, there, yeah. there was a, a flatness to it. It did not quite become the thing we know it to be, until we got to this past decade. But this is certainly the first time in over a decade where everyone's struggling at this game. I mean, this changed the way the television rights deals worked. Yeah. And CBS one year basically did like a trade, like a contract trade with ESPN so they could put this game in prime time. That's how important it was. I don't think people understand how expensive that was to do.
0: Um, Is Arkansas playing Mississippi State this weekend? Like, that's... that's We got to say something nice about Arkansas here, right? Like, um, they're five and three they're both two five and three teams one of them is 17th in the nation Mississippi State is, 17th best team in America
2: this is AM <laughs> and Auburn second tier yeah yeah sneaky, that's
0: it sneaky good records that's and awesome. then
2: somewhere we have to put Ole Miss in that so so we, we we've got a, a suss out game that's kind of higher right and then we have this, we have this game it's a little bit lower and then maybe at the end of the weekend we'll be able to do like a five team ranking out of this
0: Ole Miss is in the middle they're in, I guess because they're, they're, yeah. they're they beat Arkansas and they still got a chance to beat Mississippi state. They've lost to yeah. the other two. Or I just think Mississippi
2: together. state is, is shockingly similar to Ole miss and, and, yeah. and they are evenly mm-hmm. matched.
1: I agree. I think that Arkansas coming off a bye week is, I think with what Mississippi state's been able to do as much of a bandwagon, not bandwagon, but I just love Sam Pittman, Arkansas fan. I am <laughs> a fake one. Um, I, I would have still had to lean in Mississippi State's favor. However, the bye week with Arkansas makes me feel like it's, yeah you know, it's just a little bit more evenly matched. Like now I'm, I'm just not really sure because they've had two weeks to prepare. So, um, Go Hawks!
0: You, do do not bandwagon jump in front of Stephen Godfrey. He will call you on that shit. So it's well.
1: not a bandwagon so jump because just, they're not really. I've absolutely that no, much.
0: Aaron, Aaron, you can do whatever you want. It doesn't involve the see? new. Hell
1: signs. yeah! You can do do
2: whatever you want, it doesn't, the, doesn't involve. the See signs. now
0: he's admitting that he's part. It's partial because he's a Falcons fan. Not. Nah, oh no! It was fan. all about that. No, I know. I know. All right. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. Thank and you. All and all, you cheeky knucklehead media members I'm gonna, who I'm love to go pass out. All right, go sleep, uh, go sleep, Stephen Godfrey, uh, Aaron Dugan. When we come back, you will hear our conversation with Chris Childers of Sirius XM. Chris Childers, welcome to the show. Good to see you, man. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, I've never done a live rankings reaction show recorded with you before but i'm excited to try to do this number one has just been unveiled it's the georgia bulldogs are you surprised i almost peed my pants i'm so
3: shocked that georgia's number one almost pass the soilage t- pass the teepee yes pass the tv so Near the georgia soilage. bulldogs
0: the georgia bulldogs are number one in the nation uh they're good at football um all right chris childers number two has just been unveiled you do not know these rankings i am giving them no to i have not i don't have a tv on i'm giving these to you as it happens I, w- I expected this to be Michigan State, actually. At no Me percent. too. It is the University of Alabama, which I really? think is the right answer. I think they are the second best team in America by a large margin. I'm surprised they did that. Are you?
3: Yes, because they've looked vulnerable three times and they lost the game and there's other undefeated teams. But Gary Barta, I guarantee you will say, but have you seen him play? It's going to be the eyeball test. And that's that's the ultimate trump card they can always play so yeah i'm not the end of the day am i shocked that Bama's getting favoritism no (laughs) well but
0: aren't they who's the second best team in america if it's not alabama
3: i don't know like i'm with you alabama definitely you can make the argument there but they've looked human they've lost the game to a team that was average that had two losses coming in in the consecutive weeks going in florida is a what four loss team now Florida went within a missed extra point. Tennessee went three good quarters with him until the blitzkrieg in the fourth. I think they're good. I think there's issues. I think the secondary obviously is a cause for concern if they play a really gifted offense. Again, at the end of the day, (laughs) do I think Michigan State is better than Alabama? No.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't. and, and, and all those things you said are accurate. They're all true, and I agree with you, but they're all through the lens of Alabama. Yeah. It's it's all through the lens of, like, what we've seen in the past or what we think it takes to beat Georgia. It's actually a really good point. It's it's all relative to Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I actually – my rankings have been Georgia 1, Bama 2 for, like, the better part of the year. So I don't – I'm a little surprised the committee actually did that, though. I thought they would go with the undefeated record – For Michigan State, who ends up at number three. So, no Mm -hmm. real shock there. I think they were kind of clearly, from a resume standpoint, undefeated with a nice big top 10 win, all that good stuff. Uh, I still have questions about the quarterback. Number four, in real time, Chris Childers, your response to the Oregon Ducks being the fourth rated team in America?
3: They did the right thing. Oregon deserved to be above Ohio State, period. End of sentence, end of story. I don't care about the Stanford (laughs) loss. They went to the horseshoe without the number one best defensive player in the country who could be the number one pick in the draft and Kayvon Thibodeau and controlled the game. It wasn't fluky. It wasn't one of those pale no, Marys at the end. They beat them for four quarters and Ohio State was the one who had to rally there at the end to make it closer. They beat them. There's got to be a point. There has to be a point to going on the road and playing these games. If they would have put Ohio State ahead of them, that would have been criminal. I think they've sent a clear message to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, like to me, they had to be in position now. Yeah, and then they could have got jumped later. But I, I'm assuming they're five, right? Uh, we'll we'll get to that in just a second. Okay. I
0: I, I want to say the because I I agree and disagree with the Oregon take that you go got. ahead. I, I agree in that if they are close, if they are the same, if you view them in, in this case as right next to each other in the rankings, right? If they're even, then I think you have to absolutely say, to, and to your point with nuance and context, they went on the road without their best player on defense and beat Ohio State. I also think over the course of the entire body of work, Ohio State has been the vast, vastly superior team. So like I, I agree and disagree. So I, I would have Ohio State at three, and I would have Oregon at like seven or eight because I just don't think they're as good. They're not in the same tier. And to me, they're, they're closer to Oklahoma state and Baylor and Notre Dame than they are to Georgia or Alabama. And I guess that would be my argument is if they're even, yes, you're right. I agree with you, but because I sort of per me personally, again, it's okay to disagree. Sure. Me, per- me personally having them on having them on two sort of separate tiers allows my brain to sort of say, you know, Stanford was a worse loss. You almost lost to Cal. You almost lost to Fresno. You almost lost to, you know, UCLA. Meanwhile, Ohio state's winning by 50. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I see it both ways. I totally get it both ways. I got no problem with the, what the committee did.
3: I, I totally get what you're saying as well. And that's what Ohio the state committee... five,
0: Ohio state five, by the way. Yeah. and that, Okay. Cincinnati that, six.
3: So Cincinnati's in trouble. Yeah. Um, The Ohio State thing, I just think the game should matter. The head-to-head should matter, and they have the exact same record. That's my thing. Like, if we're stressing who you play, where you go, they went on the road. They beat Ohio State, period. I just don't think Ohio State has an argument. And to your point about the style points, my argument back to you would be against Rutgers, against Maryland, and against Indiana. Sure. Right. Like three teams that aren't very good this year in the big 10 and Ohio state, when playing good teams, Minnesota, Oregon, Penn state looks human. We just saw them look human a week ago. I think that kind of hurt their cause. That was a Penn state team that the week before could not move the football to save their lives against Illinois. And magically Sean Clifford went to hundred percent. I don't know if he got that varsity blue shot they (laughs) gave to Lance Harbor. Uh, in the fourth quarter to get him out there, but something, I mean, he was magical for all intents and purposes against Ohio state. I just think it should matter. And I think the Buckeyes thing is inflated a little bit because of the fact Possibly. that it was against Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, when they put up the 50 something points, I think here's the great thing for Ohio state, Ohio state might be outside on the, on, on the outside looking at against Oregon. Now look at Oregon's schedule. And there's Michigan state and Michigan ahead for the yep. Buckeyes. And that's going to jump.
0: And, and it's, I, exa- it's exactly the same thing for Oklahoma as well, Yeah, where where they've got Iowa state and Oklahoma state. And where was uh, Oklahoma? Were they number seven? eight, number eight, really? which is, which, okay. is incre- which is incredible to me. Yeah. Um, Michigan, Michigan, number seven. I, again, I, I have no problem with those top eight being the eight. I would just have them in different order. Uh, mm-hmm. wake forest, number nine, Notre Dame, 10, Oklahoma state, 11, Baylor, 12, uh, I I do want to ask you about this Auburn and Texas A&M 13 and 14. They're going to play this weekend. They're the first two lost teams on the, on the schedule. You know, when we think about comparing this year to 2007, which we've been doing for months now um, there, it's the only time a two loss champion has won. There's still a chance that either Auburn or A&M could still win the division with two losses. Should the iron bowl go a certain direction, regardless of what happens. I thought they were a little low on, on Auburn and A&M at 13 and 14. I don't think it'll matter though,
3: especially for Auburn, because Auburn has the game this weekend against a and I think that would bump them. Then Mississippi State's kind of looking better. So that could be a top 25 win. South Carolina's a layup. And then we all know what happens if you beat Alabama, right? So if you beat Alabama, now it's you, because they control yeah. their own destiny. That's the thing people forget. They're sitting at three and one in the West. Like, a and needs help. Because they need Alabama to lose. They need Auburn to lose. Um, and they obviously play each other this weekend. But Alabama sitting there four and one, Auburn sitting there at three and one. That means if it, stay, if, it, if it holds serve, the winner of the Iron Bowl going to, the, to Atlanta. There, it could be Auburn easily that could get a rematch against Georgia. Now, we saw what happened in round number one, and Georgia handled them 34 to 10. It was kind of a miracle just to see another team score a touchdown. Cause it had been a couple of weeks, I think since anybody scored a TV, TD. So that was kind of a headline in itself, but I'm with you on Auburn, but I think they obviously have their chances. So, and at the end of the day, I absolutely believe if they somehow won out Auburn's in the college football playoff, I don't think there's any doubt As a two loss team with a win over Alabama at the end of the year. And if they beat Georgia, yeah there's no way in hell that Auburn's getting left out of the college football playoffs. So they control their own destiny, which if you're an Auburn fan, it's a long shot, but for Brian Harson and year number one, Braden, could you ask for anything else as we get
0: into November? Well, what would be ironic is if they win and beat Georgia, and then he's fired on December 8th, but that's neither here nor there um, huh. <laughs> because because of whatever personal issue he's got. I know. Um, that would faci- be unbelievable. Could you imagine? Uh, only was, in college football. Only only at Auburn. I know. Um, what's fascinating is if AM wins out and then Auburn wins the Iron Bowl, AM still wins the West. So mm-hmm. like even AM doesn't control its own destiny, like you talked about with 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 Auburn but in theory if Auburn were to win the Iron Bowl and a and wins out AM goes to Atlanta yeah um how about this I want to get your live. this is what I love about doing this live with you sort of live-ish I guess we're calling this um because you're learning these things Ole Miss <laughs> at Ole Miss at 16 uh-huh Mississippi State at 17 in wow. the entire country Kentucky at 18 I was blown away that Mississippi clearly the committee values head-to-head which is fine yeah but NC State at 19, which is also another team that Mississippi State won. It's almost like it looks like they did the rankings and then said, wait a second, Mississippi State has beaten a couple of these teams. Yeah, we got to put them we in gotta order. We got to put them in here because <laughs> that changes Auburn and Ole Miss and A&M schedules, right? Like it changes all yeah. these. It changed. Ole Miss 16, Mississippi State 17, Kentucky 18. Your, your thoughts, sir? I guess the thing with State is they have meat on the bone, right? Like they have actual
3: quality wins against good quality football teams, and they just handled Kentucky. Um, It just further builds the resumes of the top tier of the SEC. Like Alabama has got to play all those teams, right? Georgia plays a handful of those teams. Georgia has already gone through the Auburn's of the world. They've already played uh, the Arkansas and the Kentucky's of the world and teams like that. When you have that, and I think the SEC gets a bump. I mean, I do. If you look around at college football, you could really say who's good, This year, outside of a handful of teams that I'm with you, there's a lot of jumbled up stuff in the middle there, which I think makes for fascinating games. Uh, Certainly during the uh, non-conference part of the season and in the conference part of the season, it's made for a lot of fun when you get past that first top tier and kind of that middle and bottom tiers and see all the parity that we have across the board. In college football, I don't have an issue with those rankings, but I think it just further suggests that the SEC gets – that bump, right? They get that love. I think their wins are valued a little bit more than other conference wins are. I mean, you look around this year and I get it. Although outside of Georgia and Alabama, I'm not sure who's really that good, like that good inside the SEC. But if you look around at everybody else outside of the big 10, all the other leagues are just kind of blah. I mean, the big 10 has got the Buckeyes. Obviously they got Michigan state who's undefeated uh, Michigan had every opportunity to be undefeated in that game. Some Big questionable not, officiating, B- some Big weird 12's not bad. moments.
0: Big twelve's not bad.
3: It, it, it's not bad. It, it's certainly interesting. It's been a really interesting league this year. I'm with you there. It's I, I just always whenever Texas wets its pants, I just feel like it it hurts yeah. the league. You know what I mean? Even yeah, but if now Iowa's Kansas State's, State's good, it, but
0: now Kansas State's pretty solid. So they are I, I will say to your point about giving the acc's hoard yeah the, it's it's bad like uh, there's wake forest and nc state and, and that's about it they unbelievable um, what's fascinating Think about it, that what what's you fascinating said. yeah i know there's nc well exactly how we, as we expected at the beginning of the year I know. Um, there's there's right? minnesota at 20 wisconsin at 21 iowa at 22 so a lot of respect for the big 10 they got a bump for mm-hmm. sure and a lot of those teams have to play each other so it, it's going to be a ton of fun um uh, thank you for hanging out with us, man, and doing this in real time. I thought it would yeah. be I Thought it'd be fun to try, like get your like instantaneous reaction to everything. So uh, thanks, out. Chris Childers. Always do a again. Let's, let's talk soon, man. Uh, follow him on the twitters at Childers Radio, Sirius XM Full Ride, all that great stuff. And um, good to see your face, my man. Good to see you too. That was Chris Childers talking national rankings. Uh, he, likes Ohio, he likes Oregon over Ohio State. He's pretty upset about Cincinnati like Steven is, like everybody is. So, uh, again, I will, I will add the disclaimer, since we haven't done it so far on the show, that these rankings don't really mean anything. You mentioned the, the reality TV aspect of all of this. After every single game happens, we'll get the actual rankings. So I just want everyone to say to themselves, it's all going to work itself out.
1: It is. It will, it, well, someone may still end up mad, but that's going to happen. That fourth spot, whoever's hovering around there, five and six will be mad. But you will have a lot less to argue about at the end of the season than you do right now.
0: That's true. So stay off Twitter and don't lose. That's our advice. (laughs) Except for to (laughs) follow Twitter sewers
1: where Braden bathes daily.
0: I I do. Except for to follow us at Braden Gall, at the Aaron Dugan, at 440 Sports as well. Aaron Dugan, Fringe Element is brought to you by.
1: Um Harry Potter and the Chamber of Jaspers. <laughs> I don't know. Where I don't know.
0: Where's that in the series? Is that early in the series or is that late uh, in the Chamber series? Chamber
1: of Secrets is I think number two. I Sorcerer's don't... Stone.
0: I'm a I'm a I'm
1: messing this up and I'm gonna get roasted if I
0: mess it no, up. No, because I'm I don't I couldn't correct, I can't correct you. So I have no clue. I'm a I'm a Lord of the Rings guy. I go the other direction. Yeah, my, I don't ever my...
1: sit still long enough for either of those things. So, <laughs> I have seen Harry Potter, but
0: Yeah. When I go fantasy nerd, uh, which is very rarely, uh I'll go Lord of the Rings. I'll go Tolkien before I go uh Harry Potter.
1: I feel you on that.
0: Which nobody cares about.
1: I've never sat still for longer than an hour and 11 minutes, so
0: You you know what though? Deadpool magician in the in the kitchen. That's for sure. She is. Or She wizard. is.
1: Oh my gosh. I almost forgot to I they have some kind of um they're doing like pumpkin spice bushwhackers or something right now did you see that yep i am a like a fan i'm not you're
0: you're the pumpkin spice person i'm not
1: a pumpkin spice person i'm a bushwhacker person i don't really like sweets i'd rather have something salty over sweets all the time i never had a another piece of cake or whatever in my life. I'd be fine. A bushwhacker I'm on board for. So you're, a if big... you haven't had a bushwhacker and you don't live in Nashville, I cut you off five times in a row. I'm sorry. No,
0: no, you're good. It's I do it all the time. an
1: alcoholic milkshake. It's like a, I won't say frosty cause that doesn't do it any justice. It mm-hmm. is like the Pretty best cool. alcoholic milkshake that has a bunch of liquor in it. And you have to be really careful because they're very strong, but they're delicious.
0: Or, order the topper with Picardi 151 on the top. Um, I, I didn't make this up. I will say, I will say this, uh, you are a big quantum physics person, and you're a big bushwhacker person. These two things normally don't go together, but this is what makes you unique, and I appreciate you.
1: I, I I'm not taking the PSL seen, category.
0: You are seen, and you are heard, and I appreciate. We will that. take up.
1: We don't have any time this week, but thank you, Braden, for creating a space for me and my individuality. <laughs> I will have a um. I will have a small, small quantum physics lesson for you guys next week. We just don't have time this week.
0: Oh no, not be looking whacking... forward to that. Along with the bushwhacking. We'll bushwhack and uh, st- space-time continuum and we'll all talk a little and we'll talk a little playoff rankings all at the same yeah. time.
1: Uh, Adams observed, act differently. It'll mess your up your mind. Google it. All right. That, we gotta go. That
0: cannot be real. This is like the tree falling in the forest that cannot be real. It has something we'll to do with the multi
1: it. it has to do with the multi-universe theory. I'll explain it next oh, week.
0: God. <laughs> but 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 can you can you explain Bo Nix? That's more important. And it can't. It can't be done. You can't <laughs> There,
1: Well, him or Dan Mullen or quantum physics, all really tough.
0: <laughs> Aaron, always a pleasure, my friend. People can follow you on Instagram at Aaron underscore Dugan, at the Aaron Dugan on Twitter, at Brayden Gall, at Braden D Gall on Instagram, at 440 Media on Instagram, at 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you guys all for listening to Stephen for Stephen Godfrey, Aaron Dugan, Braden Gall, Chris Childers. This has been Fringe Element on the 440
1: Sports Network. Go, Braves.